Welcome to the Sacred Emergence Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Wong, and I'm so thrilled that you're here. This is a place where you'll be guided to living your most aligned life so that your truest, most radiant self can emerge. We'll be jamming on topics ranging from spirituality, entrepreneurship, to wellness and lifestyle design, and everything in between that can support you to grow, evolve, and shine, all the while not taking ourselves too seriously. So if you're ready to step into your leadership, break through limiting beliefs, own all of who you are, and expand in abundance, grab yourself your faith cup of tea, and let's dive in. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Sacred Emergence. And I have a wonderful returning guest. Oh my goodness, this is like first returning guest to the podcast. And um, we are going to talk about astrology. So Vanessa Kuto, welcome back. So excited that you're here. Thank you for having me again. It's always fun. Ah, yeah. So last time you were here, we were talking about the phases of the moon and self-care um, and that was about a year ago and yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was so different a year ago and I was inspired to have you back on because 2020 has been quite a roller coaster and there's even more, like you were saying before we hit record, like a lot of heavy hitters this year. So I thought it will be so fun to talk about like what's happening astrologically um, because there is so much fear, um, and so much like, I think stress and anxiety that I thought having just like another perspective can be really helpful. Um, and then I was like, well, let's bring Vanessa back. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. As we were saying, 2020, holy, holy moly, <laughs> not one stone unturned and the year is not even over yet. Um, and it's interesting. The last time we talked I was in your podcast, we talked about self-care. Well, we really have had to reimagine self-care mm-hmm. this year, right? Even the things we, this is something I've been thinking a lot about this fall is self-care again, actually, because of how do we take care of ourselves when some of the things that did a, was our way of self-caring is unpause right mm-hmm. so 2020 and 2021 i think on a certain level we're starting to look to the new year uh, or starting to turn our faces in that direction and kind of trying to re-envision or envision the new year but also knowing that there's still a lot of things up in the air from 2020 I remember last year, about this time of the year, I was preparing, um, I was writing about 2020 and kind of starting to prepare. Uh, I was giving a couple of classes on 2020. And I remember at the time thinking, well, 2020 really, the word kind of came to me was the endurance, creative endurance. And really, (laughs) to this day, even last week, I was like, wow, I was... (laughs) <laughs> on the money spot it's on. been spot on it's been really about endurance now my approach to astrology is about i approach the, the planets as you know their archetypes their dimensions of, of ways of approaching life and i think the more we understand them how they operate how they want to be engaged in our own lives allows us to imagine astrology and what's unfolding from a perspective of empowerment mm. rather than feeling like, oh, it's happening to us. Mm, yeah. And I'll preface by saying I'm a Gemini, so for me it's about the conversation. And so I feel that the, the archetypes, these dimensions of being, of ways of being in the world, they want to engage with our us. And of course, everybody's individual, everybody has their own birth chart. So there are certain things that are more prominent to you, less prominent to me. And there are ways of perspective that you see it in a certain way and I see differently. So, but also there is the astrology of the collective. There is a zeitgeist, mm-hmm. right? So no matter how much we, like look, even the experience of the pandemic, we can experience in many ways, right? 
for some people, you know, it has really got them. Others have been able to, they know it's there, but they have been able to still keep a sense of center and creativity. And there's, you know, there are ways of navigating this. And I think 2020 really drove the point of there is a collective emergence to, to use the name of your podcast that is happening, but also there is sort of a demolition mm. of another way of being in the world. So we're right on that crux between the death and the ashes. And the things still have to go to the ashes. There's still a lot of ambers, right? But also we can feel things being born, things emerging, right, at the same time. So it feels very chaotic. Mm. The other aspect about 2020, I mean, you insert a pandemic in the middle, right? In the very word, there's a word, pan, panic, right? It touches on a lot of fears that are quite natural to, it's very primal. Mm. Right. There's a lot of fears that get activated because it's even if you don't know anyone who's got the virus or suffered through it, there is still a sense hanging in the air that it's something is up. There's mm. a lot of death. And then we have the fires and everything. So it's gotten really sort of in the physical world. Mm -hmm. It's not just it's no it doesn't feel any longer like it's like Oh, yes, something is rising, a new air is rising, all that. But in light of all that, if you will, more sort of growth, optimistic way of seeing the world, there is a problem there. They, it, it fails to acknowledge the fear, the grief, the suffering on the other side that does mm. come. And it needs to be invited to dinner as well, mm. you know, the parties. And I think 2020 drove that point through of like oh yes we do want the, the we want to take down these certain things in our culture well it's painful right even even in ways that we didn't think it was going to be for you know for some of us so everybody's shook up really and i think astrologically you know we talked about the heavy hitters in this case i'm in, I consider Jupiter, Saturn, Pluto, the heavy hitters, slow-moving planets, very, um, especially Jupiter and Saturn, they're very societal archetypes. And so here we're all facing this dance between our personal stance and what is happening in the culture and society. And they're all in Capricorn, which has a lot to do with how do we govern how do we govern the structures of our lives from government to the very basic essential aspects of our lives? Mm. So 2020, definitely the year of the essential worker, right? Down, we, we had to go down to the bare bones. We had to go down to the bones. And so I think this raises very normally a lot of fears that we didn't even know we had, right? And, and a sense of loss about things that sometimes we can't even pinpoint what it is, right? A very simple one, I would say, let's say in my case, it'd be nice to go be able to go work in a, work, in a coffee shop, mm. but you can't yet, right? So there's, this, there's a little loss of that, right? It's going to come back, modified or in some way, but it's not there yet, right? So I think 2020 has been a year when I said about creative endurance. Because when you speak to all these planets that were that pretty much danced together throughout 2020, although Saturn did dip into Aquarius for a little bit and gave us a taste of 2021, it's back in, in Capricorn, right? Closing its cycle. And, and so all these planets together in Capricorn, and Capricorn is a sign, is a dimension of being in the world. I'm not speaking so much now about somebody who's a son of Capricorn, but it's a dimension of being in the world which speaks to maturity. Mm. It speaks to old age. It speaks to things, 
and, and so you can hear how the pandemic hit this. It was originally old people and all this stuff. And it speaks to the sense of being, knowing what are the bones of something, the structure of something. And one of the things the virus did, if you will, culturally, was show all the cracks, all of them, in the foundation of all our relationships, but also very prominently in our government and in our culture. And so Capricorn speaks as well to a, an aspect of how do we mature? When you get to Capricorn, it is a, if you think about it in terms of each sign being a development, one leads into the other, right? It's a process, they're not isolated. When you get to Capricorn, you, are, you arrive at that stage where it's, you, it's very important to have a sense of what is the legacy I'm leaving behind? What did I master? Uh, what did I create in the world? It's an earth sign, so it needs to be, takes shape in a physical world, right? What are the structures that govern my life, right? And we are seeing all that being questioned very prominently. One of the things that's important to think about as well is that when the planets come together and then they separate and so they do this dance, it's a, it's a, especially when they come together, it's akin to a new moon in the sense that things are joining. And when they join, it's a new seed. It's a new phase starting. Mm. So 2020 is a year that started um three phases that are important right it started well i'll include even venus too because she went through her retrograde and it was the beginning of her you know another little mini cycle within the bigger cycle but if you think about the bigger long-term cycles we had jupiter saturn pluto joining so jupiter starts a 12-year cycle saturn and pluto start a 33-year cycle 33? <laughs> Wait, so are they dancing together for the next 33 the, years? So they, they come together, they have their rendezvous, <laughs> and then Saturn moves because Saturn is faster than Pluto. So we'll keep on moving. And then, but that moment, that seed, that encounter sets the tone for the next 33 years, the full cycle, right? Until so they come back together again. 33 years from now. Oh, interesting. So it's kind of like the new moon. The new moon, it comes together with the sun. The moon keeps on going and does all these different phases, these aspects with the sun. And then it comes back again to the sun. Mm. Right? So when you, it, it's very similar to planets. When they come together, it's like a new moon. A seed is planted. As they, one of them separates from the other because it moves faster, it creates different phases, different stages of development. So it was, that was relevant because it's a long cycle. And anything that happens, and then you add the lovely, anything that happens in Capricorn is long-term. <laughs> because Capricorn is about, oh no, whatever I'm going to do, it's going to stick. It, it's deep, right? Mm. It's not a fluffy kind of sign mm -hmm. and it's in the earth so things that are very deep and i think we don't even have a sense yet you know much like a new seed you plant it mm -hmm. but it's under the ground you don't see it you have a sense you know you have an intuition perhaps and you hope that it's going to grow in a certain way but we don't we have intimations but not a certainty mm -hmm. So there's also the sense when something is new, like a new moon, it is dark. Mm. You know, a new moon is dark. You don't see it, right? Because it's for the sun. So there's a sense of, we sense something. We don't know yet. Um, so there's that as well. In the, so uh, you can really see the imagery of like there's something coming down, but it, in the, the seed is already there. Right? Mm -hmm. 
And then Jupiter, which is a, a, a faster than Saturn and Pluto, comes together and joins them, you know, too. But it's only a 12-year cycle, so at least it's not 33. But <laughs> <laughs> 12 years seems like a lot, too, just to, you know. Just so it's, it's going to take it. But so when Saturn and Pluto come together, it's, in this case, about 33 years. When Jupiter joins Pluto, 12 years, okay? But in the, uh, the, in the winter solstice, the solstice coming up now, winter for us here in the Northern Hemisphere, um, coming up in December now, uh, Jupiter and Saturn will join forces. Jupiter and Saturn, okay. And they only do this every 20 years. Oh, wow. So then you have, again, a long cycle. So, but they're gonna do this, not in Capricorn. <laughs> Oh, good. Gonna, they, so it moves a little bit. It's going to happen in Aquarius. Okay. Right. So without getting too deep into the, the technicality of this, these two, especially in Aquarius, have a signature of really kickstarting a, a kind of a new cycle in Aquarius, which is an air sign which in many ways is considered to seem be more futuristic, mm -hmm. be more uh, community driven. It's more about the human humanity and the group and all that. So there's that signature. Um, but there is another side of Aquarius that we don't know yet. I mean, we don't know how these two coming together will kind of um, pan out, but Aquarius is also a sign that does speak to being very fixed in one's idea. This is the belief I have, and this is what needs to be, and it becomes pretty much stuck in the sense of this is the ideal that I have and how I want it to be. Mm. So there, every sign, much like in our own lives, has both two sides of that coin. It has the creative, if you will, positive, life-affirming in a certain way. And then there's the other side, which can be its own shadow, right? And they tend to show up, right? So we have seen, for example, with all this stuff in Capricorn, and I would say 2020 was definitely the, the kind of Capricorn year, is the sense of, yes, we were down to the essence, we had to take it very seriously. We also became, many have felt a sense of like purpose and drive and focus. Capricorn, I'm going to do it. This is the mountain I'm going to climb and yes, I will. But then there is also the other side, which is grim, which mm. is death, which is uh, heavy, mm -hmm. right? Very heavy. You know, and so there's, we're dancing constantly between these two realms. Um, and Aquarius brings in the sense of the vision, and uh, it's all finally air, right? <laughs> but it's also, there's a constricted element to Aquarius, which says, no, but it's, this is the way. And your individual feelings don't count. Mm. It's about the group. So there is a there is a shadow side mm -hmm. of Aquarius that many people tend to forget, <laughs> um, which we have. I think we need to prepare our souls a little bit for that. Um, that makes me nervous. <laughs> <laughs> but on the positive, <laughs> you know, um, on the positive aspect, I think of Aquarius is a sense of of responsibility mm -hmm. to the group and understanding that you're not individual you are interdependent and there's an interconnection to the group and society that what you do here ripples out further mm -hmm. and so on a positive aspect of Aquarius there is a sense of look I need to push aside my personal tantrum, whining, this is how I want it because I want it, and be like, you know what? I need to think about the group. Mm 
Mm. Be it your group of friends, be it your family, your neighborhood. So there is a sense of responsibility. And that's why before you hit record, I was thinking that what comes up for me when I think about 2021 is the, the I think the word that's coming up for me is the word of citizen. Mm-hmm. What is it? What does it mean to be a, a true citizen? Not just, oh, these are my rights and this is what I want. But what does it mean to be a, a real participant with a sense of what you have, whatever it is, helps the collective in some way? So if you think about the societal protests we're having around the world, right? Mm-hmm. not just for Black Lives Matter, but for many other topics as well. There is a sense of, well, I may not be in the forefront in the trenches, but whatever I can do as a citizen to participate, to bring in, to follow the idea I can give. So mm-hmm. I think Aquarius puts us in a position where we, un- we, we are better able to understand that what I do does affect and ripples out further. And then even though I may be, if you will, faceless, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not famous, I'm not, you know, I'm not a celebrity, it still matters. And I think also Aquarius brings in the idea that this is the sort of the, if you will, the more life-affirming aspect of Aquarius, I would say. It brings in a sense of renewed uh, hope for the future. It's a much more futuristic sign, right? It's very ingenious and creative. So I think there'll be new, of course, a lot more talk in terms of technology. And we felt it this year already, how, you know, it wasn't perfect, but technology saved us in many ways. We are still able to connect with loved ones through the technology. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine this happening? A hundred years from now, like in the, you know, during the Spanish flu, mm-hmm. you know, there was no Zoom calls or FaceTime, <laughs> you know, um, you, could, you didn't have a nap and ask for, you know, your food to be delivered. So there are some things that we could see the, and technology jumped in and, you know, mm-hmm. you can, we can criticize it, we could compliment it, but it, it, it did help. In some way. So I think that's the Aquarius element. Mm. And and so I think I'm I tend not to go into this like it's gonna be wonderful. Because mm-hmm. I think in the reality of life, there's always many sides to something. And I think if any if anything that 2020 has taught us is that culturally, as a Western culture, we need to mature. Can you like, what does that mean to mature? Cause I have so many like thoughts around like, like what does that mean? Cause there's so many, um, I feel like there's a lot of, even when I'm like going grocery shopping, I feel like sometimes the fear is so extreme that I'm like, oh my God, like, like can we just breathe? <laughs> um, can we just breathe, right? Yeah, <laughs> yes, for sure. And yeah, and then there's like even like I wonder if some people take advantage of the fear and try to like over control. Yes, you know, fear is an interesting beast. I think you know. I think that in some ways fear helps us. Otherwise, we would just go jumping into off of any cliff because we, you know, fearless. It becomes um, there. There's an interesting difference, I think, between fear and being um, there's temerity which is reckless mm. right you're just reckless you don't care and and you disguise that as you people may think it's courage but you're just being really reckless mm-hmm. and i think fear there's an element in which i like what elizabeth gilbert kind of says fear is there in the car but you just never let fear drive mm. you know it's in the back seat where it should be and I think that's hard to, for us to manage, but I agree with you. There's a palpable fear. And I, I, I want to touch on that because there is an astrological aspect to that as well. 
But I, when you were asking about what is to mature, I think in my mind, and this is an interesting conversation, I think just in general, because we have as a culture turned a lot to the younger generations and say, save us, right? It's like, whoa, we didn't leave the room yet. You know, we need to elder, we need to mature. And I think to mature is to understand that things are connected, that what you do matters. And I think there's a sense of you see things with more meaning rather than just react to them. You know, to, to really mature, to me, there's a the grounded sense of wisdom, mm-hmm. of like a bit of experience. You've been around the block, if you will. And that has nothing to do with age. Because I think... A, a lot in our culture, and I would say perhaps in our government, we see this a lot. We have a lot of, if you will, old, but they're not elders. They're not really mature mm. in the sense that they're using their power and, and status to help. And I think when you're mature, when you're an elder, you bring in a sense of, you bring in your wisdom to help the, the younger to rise and take on. And so there's a sense of detachment that you don't, you don't have to control everything because mm-hmm. you know you're not meant to be, you're not meant to stay here. We're all going to die. That's a certain thing, right? Mm-hmm. So, so I, I think that the, the shock of 2020, my sense of it, is that we, as a culture, we're like, wow, we're so, the gap between the ease and comfort of, if you will, most people's lives is it's disconnected from a deeper sense of meaning and rootedness and mastery of the, who they are. And I think the challenge of 2020, which I would say is the year that nature said, stay in your room, <laughs> right? Because we had the pandemic and then here on the West Coast, we had the fires, like really just stay home, right? stay in your room. <laughs> Think about what you did. <laughs> You're, you know, um, uh, and so I think it's about like we have we, many of us have to come back to who, who are we? What are we doing? Right? Is this really necessary? So I think we're in a process of becoming a bit, hopefully, a little wiser as to what are we really doing to each other and the planet. I think to me that's what mature is. An aspect of the astrology, and I think this 2020, the fear, it was sort of the subtitle of the year in in one way or another, and how people react to fear in their own different ways, right? So there's the rebellion, there's the rebelliousness of like, I shall not obey, fill in the blank, to I'm going to be I'm going to be in denial of the fear and I'm going to go all in like total bravado, no responsibility, you know, all kinds of ways of reacting to it. But I think it has a bit to do with the, uh, the, 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 the big heavy hitters coming in through, um, you know, traditionally Capricorn. So each sign is ruled by a planet. They have their own sort of boss. And Saturn is the boss of Capricorn. So Saturn was already in its own home turf. Back in, further back in astrology, uh, especially medieval astrology, Saturn was considered um, death before they discovered Pluto. Saturn was death. Saturn was old age, right? It was everything that our Western culture just absolutely avoids, right? Like, pun intended, like the plague, right? And so I think that when, and then you add Pluto, which now, since it was discovered, has taken on the role of, oh, it has to do with death. But in our sort of more positive personal development, psychological field, we tend to be like, it's death and rebirth. But if you can hear it, we are very, very keen on the rebirth side. Yeah we forget that there's a whole process. The death takes a little bit longer. It needs to really get down to the ashes. You can have no amber, you know, uh, there. And that's Pluto. So then you have that in Capricorn, add Saturn to the mix, and it's like a sandwich of, like, fear on fear. Mm -hmm. 
And also Pluto has a lot to do with his, what is unconscious. You know, since it was discovered in 1930, it has a lot to do with our unconscious, especially our collective unconscious. The things that we as a culture have just flushed it down to the collective sewage and we don't want to ever see it again. The collective sewage pipes have broken and everybody's bathroom is leaking. Oh my God. I love your analogies. They're so good. <laughs> so beginning of the pandemic, what did we have? A run for what? Toilet paper. Ah. How symbolic that we were freaking out. <gasps> toilet paper. Not water. Not any. Toilet paper. Pluto has to do with whatever you you just poop out. It is literally poop. And we were afraid of poop. Mm. So all that is really, it's really deep and really hard. For, it's hard to look at that. We are afraid of it. And I think rightly so. Because we, we, we have lost, we don't have a culture that creates a lot of a sense of meaning anymore. We don't have a bigger story. We are hungry for the proper stories. We're hungry for that connection. And these are the sides of life that are, uh, I think each one of us in our own little way have to tap into it as so that, and I think this is where it comes into 2021, that sense of citizenship and responsibility. Mm. In a sense, we take some, able to respond to how these feelings rise within us how do I manage my fear? That's all we can control. I can't mm -hmm. control your fear or your anxiety, none of that. But I can try to mitigate and, and see what is rising in me. So that way I don't just flush it down back to the collective. Mm, yeah. Unexamined, untreated, you know, just keep on flushing it. And, and, I, and I think that's the reckoning of 2020. Right? So before 2020 kicked in, people were like, oh, it's going to be like the roaring 20s, you know? And I'm like, well, it is roaring, <laughs> not in the party time you were thinking. And so I, feel, I actually do feel hopeful about that because while it is scary, the one aspect about all of this that I thought was in many ways really interesting, you know, I, I, I don't know if you do, but... Uh, I'm imagining you do. I have friends in different countries. So talking to them and hearing their experience mm -hmm. of the pandemic, it made you feel like we're really, this is not exquisite to my own situation here. Right. So I think this puts us perhaps in somewhat in a sort of a, a, a level playing field. But I think for those of us imperfectly as we are and that's totally fine perfectly normal perfectly healthy as my husband likes to say but i think those of us especially in the personal development spiritual kind of fields we have a bigger responsibility to help others navigate and process and digest all of this and what, where I'm also help, uh, hopeful is that with that whole idea of the hundredth monkey, right? We don't have to get everybody, yeah. but if we get enough and we help one, one help, it's like that chain, right? One helps the other in some way. It helps to alleviate the pressure of what is being pushed down. Uh, and that it needed it needs to rise every so often it needs to rise um and i think the more unconscious we are of it the the more sort of squirmy we are about tackling it and and acknowledging it not running not pushing it down not saying get away i need to elevate myself out of here i think 2020 because the emphasis on capricorn earth earth meaning ground i mean you can't then you can't just travel around the world anymore even like that so you have to ground you have to come down to the wisdom of the body the wisdom of your landscape 
all. So these things are, I think, will definitely be our saving grace. And those who know a bit of that in some way, shape, or form in their work are in the trenches to help others. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel very hopeful in that sense that, that I think that for a lot of people, there's a sense of like, yes, my work, that I was kind of iffy about it. I don't know. It's like, no, your work is deeply needed. Mm, that's really good to hear, actually. So, so I don't know if that's like the positive you kind of, um, <laughs> we were hoping for a more like roaring 20s, but. <laughs> I, I actually really appreciate that because it's almost like, um, you know, I, I talk to so many entrepreneurs and I feel like just even entrepreneurship because it's like we're not it's just a different flavor like there's a different ball game in a way so like there's a little bit more um just the way entrepreneurs navigate um i don't know there's a different flavor than just from talking to friends who are who are still in corporate it's just it's just very different in how they see things and like being able to navigate like being able to navigate with the change and what they can do um i feel like there's a shift in a different paradigm of like, well, can we follow our bliss? You know, mm-hmm. cause there's a lot of fear of like, there's still like, what if I fear losing my job, but like, well, maybe it's a good opportunity to experience something that you're actually really passionate about instead of, I don't know. It's just like a thought that I had because. Yeah. I mean, and I think a lot of people already have felt this, right? I mean, you know, even in the very beginning, I had friends who were like, okay, how do I do my sessions that I normally would do in person? How do I do this through Zoom? The, the image I have of entrepreneurs and anybody who leaves corporate, because that was my experience as well, that you're leaving the castle, right? Of, the security or the perceived security, whatever it may be, you're leaving that castle and you're going into the forest. And if you know any fairy tales, you know that the forest is always where danger opportunities lie, right? Mm-hmm. You can find a, you know, a king and a princess or whatever it is, but you can also find a troll. Right? <laughs> we, we just don't know. It's the forest, right? But it's a create, the forest also stands for the things that are perhaps unknown to us. It takes us to the edge. So I think when you leave corporate or you're let go of corporate and you have to all of a sudden think on your feet and be like, oh my God, what is it that I'm passionate about? Or what skills do I have that I can now create something forward, right? You, you, You got kicked out of the castle or you walked away willingly you're going into the forest. And in the forest, you meet helpers and you meet challenges. You could meet Robin Hood's merry men in the group, <laughs> you know, Lady Marion, and you could have a community. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs create a community like that. Mm-hmm. But you also in some challenges are your very own to face because if I learn anything about business is whatever healing therapy you thought you've done that you're all good to go, everything gets tested the minute you start a business. All whatever issues you had and you thought were treated or not, they really come up. If you thought you didn't have daddy issues, mommy issues, they all show up on your business, you know, anything. And so business is a really personal and spiritual development on steroids mm-hmm. now you had a pandemic to the top of that and it's you know it's a it's a fun time in the forest but i think we're all called now especially to go into enter the forest as joseph campbell would say enter the forest in your own way you mm. can't follow somebody else your path is not my path Mm, I I have to enter the forest my own way. And something that in astrology I really believe, and I I feel like it gives me a sense of um, kind of real meaning in in the work with astrology is that, um, I can't remember who said this, but I'm totally paraphrasing that when you were born, you were born as an answer to a question of the Mm -hmm. time. And in your birth chart, which 
is your life's roadmap. There is a sense of like, this is what you're here to. It's not written in stone, but it gives you a pretty good picture. Of what is it that you can bring into the world? Mm. And I think this ties into the idea of maturing. In maturing, you realize that you, it's not about complaining about the size of the canvas you have. It's accepting that this is the size you have, and this allows your creativity to flow and, and deal with the size that you have. This is what you have. Make something out of it. Don't stand here and complain that I don't have this. I want my canvas that way. No, this is the size. Mm. And what are you gonna, how are you going to let your creativity flow through this? And as you do that, you, you become, you gift, you give your gift, whatever it may be, to the world. And it could be bigger audience, could be a tiny little audience, could be no audience, but you're giving something into the world. So I think 2020 in this sense, it's been a breakthrough year where many of us have been either we're like, you know what? I never liked that job. I'm glad I got let go or whatever it is. I'm going to go do that thing I wanted. Others are more like, you know, I was kind of doubtful what about what I was doing, but now I'm like really like focused mm-hmm. and I'm going to do it. I'm going to face the challenges. And others are awakened, awakening to like, really, what do I want? If I were to... If I were to die, did I sing the song I wanted to sing? Mm. So I think in many ways, there's a lot of seeds in 2020 that still feel like they're under the manure of Pluto. Because <laughs> you know, usually when you plant something, you put some manure on top, right? <laughs> Soil, some boost. So there's a lot of manure right? still. Something will come out of it. And I think as we progress through the decade, we will see, you know, the first shoots showing up. Um, so we don't need to lose our heads quite yet. Oh, so, cause you're saying, cause it's 33 years, right? So a decade would just be like- Yeah, just 2020. I mean, there are other planetary, interesting planetary aspects of, of the, the decade itself. Gotcha. You know? that there are still coming, especially around mid-2020s. Um, and so there's this, that's why I like astrology when you look at it sort of from a bigger picture. You have a sense that nothing, of course, is static, mm-hmm. and they're moving, and then sometimes certain kinds of movements that they, the planets make really signal a shift in the zeitgeist, mm. in the sort of the mentality, the mindset of a, a time in our culture. 2020 definitely was one of these years, um, but then we're still, they keep on moving and they're gonna shift into new signs. Uh, and so the emphasis moves from one kind of theme into another. Mm-hmm. Um, so by mid 2020, that's, and, and, and in this case, I'm looking at the slow-moving planets because they stay in one sign for a long time. So they really have that time. You know, they really break it down and, you know, really take in the theme. Uh, it's not like Mercury, you know, pretty quickly, um, except when it's retrograde. But um, And so when they shift in, and they arrive in a new sign, you have a sense of a, a shift in the air. Right. So I back to what I was saying earlier about Saturn and Jupiter. When they move into Aquarius at the December this year, there is a shift in the air. Not only because they're joining forces and starting a new cycle of their own, and Jupiter and Saturn have a lot to do in on a personal level. They speak a lot to our work in the world. Mm, okay. So, but culturally shifts into this, like, okay, what are our, where are the opportunities? Where are our responsibilities? Saturn, right? Jupiter is like, where can I expand and grow? And Saturn is like, but this is the size of my canvas and where should I be responsible, right? And do something long-term, right? And when being in Aquarius is much more, 
future oriented more collective and all that so there's that and i think as they move we will see a shift but i think we are really uh in that's why self-care 2020 is so important Mm -hmm. because everyone is feeling the growing pains of this in one way or another yeah um some perhaps more in the trenches than others but everybody's having a sense and that's why i think the sense of dread the sense of fear that is around Mm. um, because we know something's got to go and it's going yeah and i actually feel i mean i'm optimistic i feel like the things that need to be broken down are getting broken down and a lot of time it's the fear of the unknown and the fear of death. <laughs> um, it all comes back down to that, really. Yeah. Fear of death. Yeah, and then it's true. I mean, we're all going to die. <laughs> like, that's the, the most... One certainty of life. <laughs> exactly. But I, I feel like it's like, well, nobody wants to die from, like, a vi- like you know, we, we want to die, like, when we're, like, 100. <laughs> you know, so... I, yeah. Um... I, I do hope, I would hope, but I don't know if we're ready yet, but I think a lot of our societal issues, if we all could in some way tackle our, a little bit and understand a little bit of our own fear of death mm. and all the mechanisms we do to protect ourselves from something that is actually inevitable, mm-hmm. it would ease a lot of the issues we have. You know, I was talking to a friend earlier today that it's kind of interesting. The ancients, uh, you know, as we know, they we find their burial mounds and all that. And there's a bunch of treasures in there. And then they believe that you would need all this stuff on the other side, right? Mm-hmm. You need even your slaves and servants. But in our culture, we don't have that. And yet we behave as if we're going to take a debit card to the other world and still use our money and still buy things. This is not the Amazon show upload. We don't know. But one thing is for sure, nothing is going with us, not even mm. the suit. So I think if individually we could, and I think this is what a pandemic does. Granted, this was thankfully not the Black Plague style. Right. But it does rise, bring up to the surface these old primal fears which are pretty normal to have Mm -hmm. and this leads us to but think about you said entrepreneurs even when you leave your corporate job oh yeah if you really look at the fears you have in essence that if you dig in deep it's a fear of like well i'm gonna die i'm not gonna make money i'm not gonna do that i'm gonna die it's true and um i think that's where like for those that have like a spiritual practice that they can just kind of tap into a different source of like, like, I don't know that I am, I'm always of the optimist. Like I'm the optimist, right. Of like, like we're at the end of the day, we are all supported and there's abundance around us. Um, and like, it's so crazy that in the middle of a pandemic, I know so many people who are doing so well in their business. And it's just, it's really just like our perspective. And, um, but at the same time, it's like knowing that it's, I don't know, it's, it's, it's not all this or that, you know, it's like, it's the collective with what you were saying. Yeah. I mean, because, and then we have to, I mean, it is pretty, to me personally, what causes me more sort of anxiety and fear is the divisiveness in the culture. Yeah. This is to me more problematic than a pandemic because I understand in my mind, a virus is a virus. A virus would do what a virus does. Right. It's, this is not the first rodeo for human nature to face a virus, a pandemic. But the divisiveness, the sort of the, uh, to quote Jonathan Haidt, which I highly respect his work, is like we're in some sort of Tower of Babel. And on one hand, while it may seem, it could be kind of positive that 
we can feel different kinds of realities and ways of being in the world that we don't have to be all swept up in a sort of a kind of one way right on the other hand it creates as well a sense of my reality doesn't match your reality and just take the mask for an example hearing people's reaction to the mask to wear the mask to not wear the mask it's like a litmus test in terms of what is someone's real um perhaps yet quite still unconscious way of approaching authority collective it's it's a very interesting way to wonder oh what is it about the mass right mm -hmm. so there are different kinds of if you will realities but we are we are we've have been quite challenged in how do we communicate with each other because there's got to be a consensus for something and to me, that's actually more anxiety provoking because on one hand, what I fear the most, and I think there's a, and this is for me a, a bit of a shadow of Aquarius, is that it can become quite fundamental. Yeah. This is the way. Yeah. And if you don't believe it, we'll strip you down, we'll kill you, whatever it is. Yeah. And people can get quite narrow-minded and there is actually a coldness to Aquarius. I mean, it's an air sign. It's not known. It's not known as a dimension that is fluffy, if you will. And so that it can be quite detached from that human emotion of empathy because I'm driven by this idea. And to me, that's more problematic. Mm -hmm. And I think the fundamentalism that is pervading certain aspects of culture it speaks to a lack of imagination and an ability to entertain another point of view. Mm. And that perhaps for me, that's more dangerous to the fabric of culture and how we can work together mm. than a virus. Mm. Um, because there is no cohesiveness to a story. And so wow it's interesting that we we have been breaking down old stories uh in our culture we don't have quite yet a unifying story that kind of gels people together and i think this is where it's the delicate moment of birth you know the baby is crowning maybe he's still in the birth canal but this could be um so I think it's this is where the responsibility to be responsible to be have a bigger understanding what is it to be a citizen, which to me feels a very Aquarius like, is a theme for 2021. How can we show up more um, grounded and mature in what we do, acknowledging that there are um, there are some who are not quite there yet you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and and lastly one of the things i was thinking about this uh i've thought about this quite a bit especially when you experience death the death of a family member we tend to be like don't cry don't mm. cry don't cry yeah right just don't and it's really interesting because I found when my father died, I found myself like, no, wait a second, I need to cry. Yeah. I know it makes you uncomfortable, but I need to cry. And all I needed was somebody to be, I see, that's okay, and hold that space. And then actually, I might just shed a tear too, and I didn't need to have a full on, you know. Right. And I think in some ways, right now, one of the best things we could do for each other is to acknowledge that it's an and, it's not, it is not an or, this or that, mm -hmm. it's an and. You know, you could be sad, you could be grateful, you could be optimistic, and that's great. But at the same time, there could be a fear and anxiety rising. They all just, it's like a Thanksgiving dinner. Everybody's there. <laughs> You got your uncle who's in a different political party than you. You got your crazy cousin who's into whatever music they're into. It's a big, our emotions is like a very robustious Thanksgiving dinner. 
I love that. And like, I, yeah, and I, I totally agree. It's like suppressing the emotion is going to just like, it's just going to suppress it, right? It's not, it's not healthy. And so it's like, I think expressing our emotions in a healthy way where we're not trying to judge it is so important. Yeah. 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 I like to equate, even though I hate poop jokes, <laughs> I like to, funny enough, but I like to equate a lot of personal and spiritual development with the bowel movement. And I think, you know, look, you can only hold that gas for so long. It's got to come out. It's going to come out. Oh my God. The most inconvenient moment. <laughs> oh my God. How's that um, for a Pluto joke? <laughs> Oh, thank you so much, Vanessa, for thank sharing you. your insights and um, for 2020 and what's, you know, potentially to come in 2021. It just, uh, it's so interesting. And I just feel like when we can look at the stars and the planets to kind of shape like what's happening. Um, I don't know. I feel like it gives me it's a sense of like reassurance in some way. Like, okay, like there's something to this madness, you know? There is something to this madness, and and I know you work a lot with entrepreneurs and people. Really, this is the best time to really share your gifts. Mm. Get really stand behind what you're creating. Mm. Really show up. That's another you know that's a good Capricorn way to do things. You know, show up for it. Do it. Yeah, it's needed. You know. Oh, so good. Yeah. And I feel like the more I've owned just my gifts this year, it's like my business has shifted and my clarity, like the clarity and all of that. It's like, oh, things are finally like shaping. Mm -hmm. And it's because I dare to show up and really like see my value. Mm -hmm. uh, but that, you know, it takes a little bit more, I guess, persistence. <laughs> so I love that you just said, um, you know, show up share your gifts and i agree bring it bring it you know yeah. uh, we're the as they say right we're the ones we're waiting for yeah. we are the cavalry yeah for sure like we're here to bring change so yeah, yeah. Oh, amazing so thank you i know lot to think about you know. yeah well, how can, I know you have a lot of really cool workshops and um, coming up. So just, you know, for listeners who haven't heard of your former podcast, like former interview, how can they learn about you? So everything is on my website and that's VanessaCuto.com and Kuto is C-O-U-T-O. I have a monthly new moon salon mm -hmm. uh, and that is when I talk about the new moon themes and I, a lot of my work weaves mythology and um, uh, depth psychology. So I weave the story and the myth around the new moon with the themes of the new moon. So that's monthly. And I have some upcoming classes. Um, I'm doing a whole series on Mars. So I have two more classes on Mars, the archetype of Mars. And then I, have, I will have one in November about Jupiter and Saturn in Aquarius. And it's called Finding Your Pot of Gold. Mm. Uh, and then in December, I have another class on the astrology of 2021. Envisioning 2021. Oh, those all sound so juicy. So I'll dive in a bit deeper into the, the mythic themes of the year, much like I did for this year, earlier in the year. Um, but yeah, and I do astrological sessions. I work a lot with uh, creatives and mystics who are at the intersection of life and livelihood, and they really want to bring in their sense of purpose and meaning into a fulfilling, their fulfilling work. Mm -hmm. Could be their business, could be their career. I'm very passionate about helping people. Like, look, these are your gifts. Use them. <laughs> Don't leave them in the cupboard. Um, and so I really like helping people who want to they're in that threshold and they want that clarity and perspective. Mm. So that's what I do. Amazing. And Thank I'm on Instagram, you. of course, and all that. <laughs> yeah, I will definitely share your links and I'm on your newsletter and it's always like your writing is so good and your analogies are always so like, Oh my God, I just love your writing. So it's, I usually I'll just take time and I'll like, okay, I'm going to read it now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a so. lot. <laughs> 
Well, it's all good. Yeah, Yeah, it's all good. So subscribe to Vanessa's newsletters and you'll be like, so just like my cosmic Mondays. (laughs) Yes, they're really good. So thank you so much, Vanessa. I appreciate you. Thank you. All right. So those of you who are listening, please share this episode, tag us on Instagram, Facebook stories, all the things, and I'll see you again soon. Cheers. Join our free private Facebook group community, Sacred Emergence, to receive more connection, guidance, and support. And take part in our five-day inner confidence challenge to not only boost your confidence, but to help activate your inner leadership. Details in the show notes. Thank you for listening to the Sacred Emergence podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And thank you in advance for sharing this with others who can benefit. Until next time.